Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. According to the Gambling Awareness Trust, the number of people seeking help for gambling, drug and alcohol consumption has increased 20-fold in just the last four years. The Trust has recently launched a nationwide counselling service that can be accessed not just by people with gambling issues, but by friends and family too. Tom Boggan has struggled with his gambling addiction for many years and joins us now. Good afternoon, Tom. How are you? How's things? Uh, could you tell us, could you start by telling us about the day you made your communion, Tom? Uh, yeah, that was, uh, I was laughing earlier on on uh, the phone call. I was on to one of your colleagues there about that actual headline. The the journalist actually got confused with my confirmation and communion. <laughs> but uh, it's it's no difference in any way. It's, yeah. That was, uh, my confirmation was, my first really time that I kind of got attracted to anything like towards getting a reward system really. So, when I, I got a few bob from my confirmation, obviously, do you know what I mean? Mm. But it was like my first big day out with like all my classmates and stuff like that. And we had a plan. We were going to go up to, to the square and pallet there and, and go into the pictures and maybe get some new clothes, new shoes or whatever, do you know what I mean? But so I went up to the square and I went straight into the arcade and that was it. I, did, I left with, I left with a little penny, do you know what I mean? Right. And what do you think, looking back now, put that into your head in the first place? It was a sense of escape, a sense of escape. Mm. Even at that, even at that young of an age, like it was, it was something to to take me away from what I was thinking or or what I was feeling. Right. Okay. So you were you were escaping from feelings you had yourself, but I suppose that's only afterwards you you discovered that. Yeah, definitely. It's these. This is only as I as I grew up into a, into a young man, and and I realised that I can look back and pinpoint in certain certain areas in my life that this was a source of, of escapism from what I was dealing with in my life at that time. Mm. And it, it's other people as well that I've met uh, in my recovery that had helped me realise this from sharing their own experiences as well. Yeah. Otherwise, I never would have uh, I never would have looked back that far. Like, but, but thanks, I met, I, met a, I met a lovely man when I went into into residential treatment at that time and he, he had the same experience like going back to that time in the arcade like where it's just the, the sheer attractiveness of putting money in somewhere and it's not actually even the reward of getting the money back it's just mm. a slight moment in time where your mind is elsewhere and it's not actually focusing on what could be going on in your life maybe it's trauma or maybe it's just a hostile environment that you live in maybe it's you're getting bullied at school it could be anything and and so then after the confirmation, you know, and that's obviously a very vivid memory in your mind. What was your gambling method of choice, or did it vary? Um, at the start, well, I was introduced to to the betting shops like quite early on, and as uh, growing up and stuff like that, it was quite normal in my household to to have an L punt on a few on a few horses. So, and then poker as well. I was introduced to it as well quite early on in my life and stuff like that. So poker and Poker and horses and stuff was the main thing that I would have went to. But towards the end of my gambling, I would have been putting bets on on anything like, mm-hmm. like what? It could be virtuals. It could be football matches. It could be horse racing, dog racing, wrestling. It could be hockey match in the middle of I don't know 
Canada somewhere that I don't even know. Mm. That's like how how compulsive it was. Like that, every second of every day, I had to have a bet on. Yeah, and yet, yeah, did you did it feel odd if you weren't didn't have the result of a bet to look forward to? Oh well, it was all over the place. It was all over the place. My life was over. Do you know what I mean? That was it. Like it was the end of the world if I if I hadn't got a bet on. And that was very few few times that I wouldn't have even one bet on. But if I didn't, I'd be. I wouldn't be a nice person, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody around me would suffer, do you know what I mean? And how would you feel when you lost? Um, at this, like, early on in gambling, it's like nobody, everybody likes to win, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whether you're, whether you're a compulsive gambler or just an ordinary Joe Soap, everybody likes to win, do you know what I mean? And who doesn't like money? But uh, early on, like, it's obviously quite deflating and quite... Uh, quite sad and quite depressive that, that you can lose so much money in, in the blink of an eye like. yeah. or you could lose a little bit of money it didn't, it didn't matter do you know what I mean towards the end how much how much I lost or how much I won it was just the actual behaviour of doing it yeah it's funny the way the human mind works that yeah. you know you'd say logically well I've lost so much money that I have to stop doing this but, but it's almost like the answer to losing that amount of money is to go back and repeat the same behaviour. Oh, yeah. Like, a perfect example, like, is, uh, for for an example, say, I had a poor, say, on Paddy Powers online, and if I had, say, 999 euro in that, I'd lose that 999 euro to try get that one euro to make it a thousand. Yeah. Did, and the, you said, you know, if you didn't have a bet on, you weren't, you weren't a nice person to, to be around. Did it start to have an effect on, on friends and family? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I, I, I pushed everybody away in my life uh, without reasoning because what I was going through, I wasn't actually telling anybody. I was just keeping it in, in my mind, like. Mm-hmm. So, like, people didn't realise how bad I was at gambling. Everybody knew I loved an old punt on, on the horses and loved I loved an old gamble, but they didn't know how severe it was. But uh, that's what it was. It was family I pushed away, uh, my own son even I, I, had, I had difficulty with connecting with, um, my son's mom, ex-partners, all that type of stuff, like friends as well. Complete recluse and isolated on my own towards the end. Yeah, and did you rack up large debts? Yeah, I would have had uh, had a substantial amount of debt. Yeah, uh, towards the end, I had I had a substantial amount of debt in the UK, and I had a substantial amount of debt in Ireland at the time, and I had to go to Mabs to get that sorted out. Right, and wh- was there a rock bottom, Tom? Was there some point at which you thought, right, I have to do something about this? Um, yeah, I could. I could pinpoint many rock bottoms but the way I look at it today is that a gentleman asked me this yesterday at the at the lunch and I said to him that when I was actively gambling and towards the end where I was in a really dark place that every time I woke up was a new rock bottom. I wasn't enjoy I wasn't enjoying this anymore, but mm. I couldn't stop doing it at the same time. Yeah. Was it difficult though to take that step? Where you think, okay, I'm gonna do something now where I won't gamble anymore. Uh, um, is that a bit scary in, in the sense that seeing you had this need to have a bet on or bets on at all times, then to go to a place where you had no bets on? Early on in uh, recovery, it was definitely, I was actually only speaking to a friend of mine there 
um, this morning about like even when I stopped gambling for maybe three or four months after that, my mind was still fixated on gambling all day. Mm-hmm. Even though I didn't didn't gamble for four months, I was still anytime I checked the time, for example, on my phone or looked up at the clock, it was always initiated to think about I wonder who won that race at Nice or at Goodwood or stuff like that. And it was just always my mind was so programmed into gambling twenty four hours a day that it took a period of time for that to slow down and to to fill that gambling space up that I had in my head with other various things that I had lost touch with. Like for example I'd be quite creative and I like art and stuff but I had threw all that away for gambling. So I just had to go through the process of picking these things up little by little as my recovery went on. Yeah, and, and when you when you go into Clonmore, when you went in for the for, uh, to go into recovery, what, what did they do there? In in a toy in Clonmore. Yeah. Um. Well, the process to get in there was I had to follow. I had to follow them every day, every every day, and just let them know that I was still interested in going in. And if I couldn't call uh, a family member, like my brother or my mom or something like that would call. And after that, then they would bring you in for your assessment. And you'd have to go in and you'd have to give a clean urine so there's no drugs in your system. Then you would have to be sober, obviously, from alcohol, so there's no alcohol in your system. And the likes of the gambling type of stuff, they would just give you suggestions in the likes of money or anything like that. Like if you're dealing with money, maybe maybe let one of the people in your group hold on to it or maybe just get a certain amount of money sent into you a week or something that you can get cigarettes or a bit of some sweets out of the shop or whatever. Like, And just various things. For the gamblers, when I went in, there wasn't much there for the gambling. Mm-hmm. Like, I went in solely for... I was cross-addicted, like, with drugs and alcohol and gambling. But gambling was my primary addiction that I needed to get resolved, like... Yeah. With the, with the others, obviously. I wasn't ignoring the others, but they didn't have much um, much advice for a gambler coming in. I was... I was 77 people in the house. I was the only gambler. Right. Okay. That's at, a... that t- at that time. Yeah. But I spent 11... I spent 11 months down there, like, I... I spent 11 months in the toy. I'd done two programs down there and then I stayed on and volunteered. And I actually pushed for a lot of the stuff down for the Gamblers Anonymous meeting down there as as the Gamblers weren't getting the same kind of attention as people that were coming in on heroin or people that were coming in uh, bills up or anything like that. Mm. But then when I was leaving, they, actually, they were actually opening a, a brand new unit down there called the Father Dominic Unit. And it was solely concentrated on compulsive gamblers, which was just hard filling. Yeah, that's and well done to you for uh, helping to push that. Yeah, well, it was me and a, and a group of another people down there as well. Like there, as the as I was down there for eleven months, I did meet quite a few gamblers that came in and and went through the house. Like so, so it was with their help as well. Like yeah. And and now you know now things are much better for you. Obviously, are there are there situations, Tom, that you still would you know need to be mindful if you're in that or places you need to avoid or that kind of thing? Well, I would be careful around like certain times of the year and stuff like that, as like 
obviously National Week and then you'd have like Cheltenham and you'd have Ascot and you'd have all these big race events like that that I would be vigilant around those times of year like and stuff like that. Right. Like I maybe wouldn't carry say cash on me or I wouldn't maybe go I wouldn't walk a certain way whereas like there's so much advertisement or there's betting shops and down that way and stuff like that. So well, it's just things that is more a behaviour now for me. It's normal for me now rather than trying to learn it early on in recovery. Like Yeah. Now the the the, the, the this counselling service at the um uh, uh, that the Gambling Awareness Trust ha- have launched. It, it is interesting that it's not just for people, you know, who feel they have an issue, but also for their family and friends. Because yeah, well, I, that's I, the it, that's the beneficial thing about these sort of uh, centres is that it's unbelievably uh, beneficial to not only the person that is suffering, but to the wider circle that people don't actually realise that is probably getting impacted more than the individual. Mm-hmm. Like say for example, my my partner, for example, if we went back gambling now, they would probably get hit worse with the with the repercussions than I would. Yeah, yeah. And when you were gambling, Tom, did did people try to make you know uh, interventions with you or, or or talk to you about it? Yeah, that's every everybody was just trying to help me, but. At that moment in time, I was completely oblivious and delusional to they wanted to help me because I didn't see what I was doing as uh, a repercussion on outside sources or external sources. I didn't see what I was doing harming other people. I was just like so stubborn and selfish and delirious to what they were actually trying to do. Like, Yeah. I well, felt so worthless in myself that I didn't think anybody wanted to help me. Yeah, and I, I think that's probably not an uncommon thing as well uh, among many addicts. Oh no, amongst uh, general society is that's that's the thing is uh, people people find it hard to compliment themselves. People find it hard to tell themselves they're a good person and they're a nice person, and but they'll tell a complete stranger at the bus stop. Thank you, and you're a lovely person. Hmm. Yeah. Like, so that's what it comes down to: is 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 speak nice to yourself. Well, indeed, Tom. Thanks a million for uh, speaking with us today, and uh, best of luck to you. That was uh, Tom Boggins. There, you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break after that. How to buy an electric car? Moncrief brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at two p.m. On News Talk.